Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I have noticed that whenever I meet someone for coffee or run into them at the grocery or chat with one of y'all, if you stop by the office during the week, that there is a certain structure or cycle or even a liturgy to our conversation. Tracking with the time of year before talking about the heart of the matter, we tend to ask certain predictable questions. In a few months, we will hear the dreaded, are you ready for Christmas? These days, especially on a Sunday, you might hear, how'd your team do yesterday? Or if a three-day weekend is upon us, you might ask, any plans? This time of year, a typical gambit, if you are a parent, is how are your kids transitioning back to school? And when you ask this, your friend says quickly, great, we love school. But their eyes are filled with anxiety and trepidation, and you could almost hear their contradictory internal dialogue. Did I forget to sign the 87 forms that came home yesterday? He spent a month's worth of lunch money in just a week. Their locker looks like it was hit by a typhoon. I can't remember the password to the parent section of the website. While Will rightly pointed out a few weeks ago that this time of year is filled with a certain parental joy and celebration as we return to routine, there is also a manic reality that simmers below the surface. Or maybe I just need to adjust my meds. I'm reminded of a blog post that Ellen read to me the other day by the popular writer and internet phenomenon, Jen Hatmaker. She wisely wrote, After the first week of school, here are your weekend plans. Zero plans. Don't you dare head off to some Friday night situation, because what you will actually have is a grade A public meltdown. Their bodies and minds are exhausted beyond all measure, and they can handle exactly none additional stimulation. They used up all their energy, capital, getting through the first week of school, and now they put, need to be put on the couch with popcorn for dinner and a movie, and that is the end of this tale. And of course she's talking about the parents. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> this reality says something about our need for Sabbath rest in 2018. 
We are going in too many directions, driving too fast, eating all sorts of junk, phones beeping, reminders blaring, when really we need a glass of tea and a good book, and as Lucinda Williams once sang, cool, quiet, and time to think. There is nothing wrong with stopping. There is nothing wrong with resting. There is absolutely nothing wrong with zero plans. Zero plans does not mean you are boring or have no friends or need to get out more. Zero plans means that you've got your blank together and don't let the devil tell you anything different. You do you, and you need a nap. Sabbath is one of the many commandments, statutes, and ordinances that God gives to his chosen people. In today's gospel, Jesus has a spirited discussion, shall we say, with his friends, the Pharisees, about how to best interpret and live into God's commandments. And in the reading from Deuteronomy, Moses reminds the people of their obligations to the Lord their God as they are about to enter the promised land. Moses says, you must observe them diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to others who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this is a great nation, and they are a wise and discerning people. Dr. Anathia Portier-Young, Associate Professor of Old Testament at that school in Durham, North Carolina, that I will not mention in public company, Dr. Portier-Young expounds on these commandments, statutes, and ordinances. For they are the path of life. They establish, they establish norms for political, prophetic, and religious leadership. They mandate communal holidays, festivals, and times of rest. They ordain a just economy, communal care for the widow, orphan, and poor, and protection for those who are vulnerable. They sanctify labor, meals, and family life. In all of these ways and more, these commandments instruct Israel in love, and give them strength for the life God has called them to live. Now, I don't know about you, but I need discipline and strength and a community of people around me so that I can brave the life that God has called me to live as a father, as a husband, as a citizen, as a disciple. And we find such discipline, strength, and community within God's commandments, statutes, and ordinances. And therein we find the ability to achieve balance between work and family, friends and rest, and everything else that constructs our blessed lives. Where do we find these commandments, statutes, and ordinances? Deuteronomy is a good place to start. However, I'm not going to lie to you, Deuteronomy can be a tough read. And if you are new to this whole God thing or need something lighter, give our baptismal covenant a try. Not now, but page 304 of the Book of Common Prayer. We will have the joy of renewing it in a few moments in honor of Caroline Elizabeth. There are eight brief sections in our baptismal covenant. Three summaries of what we believe about God, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Fairly basic stuff. 
and then five questions outlining a life of faith. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Go to church. Will you persevere in resisting evil and whenever, not when, not if, but whenever, you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? In other words, evangelism? Don't, I won't tell if you won't tell. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And the response to each of these is, I will, with God's help. Not I will, period, but I will with God's help. We are not alone in this. Thanks be to God. Life can be exhausting. Sorry, Caroline. And whether our exhaustion is due to our labor or our schedule or our worries or our responsibilities, the exhaustion is real. And we wonder how we can find a method to this madness. And ultimately, we, like all of our sisters and brothers on this fragile earth, we seek peace. As they sang in our National Cathedral yesterday, O Holy Spirit, who didst brood upon the chaos dark and rude and bid its angry tumult cease and give, for wild confusion, peace. O hear us as we cry to Thee. If you seek peace, a life of faith can help. Adopting spiritual disciplines can help. A journey with God can help. Do be aware that turning to God in the midst of all that might be hurtling to our way is not some kind of magic shield that will make it all better. Sometimes we might hurt more. And sometimes we're still going to be a hot mess. And that's okay. We are not alone. And the tools of discipline and community enable us to endure and evolve. And perhaps, perhaps with God's help, we can be stronger. We can find peace. Amen. Amen.